the son's equality with the father. John chapter 5, verses 19 through 24. We continue our sermon session within the Gospel of John. And thus far, we have been through revealing landscapes, learning of our master, right? The Christ, his nature and purpose on this earth. His various interactions uh, with both Jews and non-Jews. And John reveals to great controversy that the non-believers were the ones quick to learn and practice genuine faith while the believers had too, too many reservations, neglect and rejections, leaving them with nothing more than superficial faith. And though there are um, several interpretations as to why John wrote his Gospel of the Christ, one of which, uh, of course, would say that it is to refute uh, docetism, which became Gnosticism in the second century, which were indeed uh, false doctrines, erroneous and hostile, declaring Christ was not a flesh-and-blood person, but only a, 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 a phantom, a phantom that appeared to his followers. So there is credibility to that perspective, but to say it was written solely for such purpose would be to say uh, a bit too much. It would be to, to go a bit further than the, the gospel would reveal. And sadly, some brethren, driven by pride, would seek preeminence through uh, manipulation of academic pursuits in order to charm the congregation into submissive control. The Pharisees were very good at doing that, convincing themselves along with their subjects as gatekeepers, uh, the holders of the key, or the key holders, if you will, that the traditions they bound were found in the Bible and therefore law and righteous. We'll see more of that, of course, from them against the Christ in today's portion of Scripture. It is my humble opinion that John, through the governing power of the Holy Spirit, wrote his gospel so that the reader would not only come to have faith in Jesus as a man, in other words, his humanity, but also his uh, deity as God, divine power and presence, so that they could keep having faith in the Christ. So again, there is certainly elements within the gospel that would refute erroneous doctrines that would be floating around in the first century. But one being honest, could not pin that as the sole purpose in which the Holy Spirit governing John would write this gospel. That would have us confined to uh, various boundaries that God never set, which would hinder us to see the greater scope and love, humanity and deity of the Christ, bringing the non-believer into belief, and once into belief, his or her faith remaining active, 
productive and forward. So thus far in the chapter, chapter 5, the witnessed and recorded account reveals Christ having purposely healed an individual and this healed man was commanded by Jesus to pick up his pallet and walk. And this, of course, against the traditions of the Jews who had since bound a law stating that no one is allowed to pick up an object on the Sabbath and bring it to another location. So that would be considered work. A violation of God's word in their minds, of course, but not in reality. And this triggered the believers, in other words, the Jews and their leaders, most specifically the Pharisees, into seeking the more to murder Jesus in verse 18. Again, these religious leaders, believers, sons of the kingdom, the Jews, were so filled with presumptuous ambition, seeking the praise of men, keeping their chief seats, that it was impossible in their minds that Christ was genuine and faithful. It just can't be. Not going to allow it. Not going to happen. These self-righteous hypocrites were educated scholars who knew how to manipulate and control the church into believing their own laws came from God. And if you dared to challenge them, they'd be quick to say, be quiet, sit down. You are not as educated in the Bible as we are. And if you dare even question us again, we will publicly embarrass you and drive you out of the synagogue, the church. And these kinds would have you question your own sanity because they would accuse the innocent and faithful of the very things they were guilty of doing. They'd call Christ a deceiver, a thief, an actor, a liar, when in reality they were the deceivers, thieves, actors, and liars. So we can understand how Jesus performing miracles, teaching with authority, and now plainly stating that he and his father are equal, that these pharisaical bullies with diatrophic tendencies and agendas would seek all the more to murder him. That makes sense? You see that? That's kind of the pattern that we're seeing in this account and we're going to be seeing more so as we follow along the gospel. So, friends, don't be persuaded by these same kinds of corrupt wolves who creep into churches this day and act in the same way they did in the first century. We are wise to side with Christ and withdraw ourselves from such divisive brethren who utilize malicious words for their own selfish greed and gain. And yes, of course, as is in the first century here, these kinds will slander, bear false witness, and corrupt their subjects against the innocent. Not the perfect, the innocent. And when we understand that, and the hostility 
of their unrighteous motive and what they were doing, then we can see the great challenge that laid before the faithful of the first century and how the Christ, as an innocent man, God on earth, had to interact and refute and uh, 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 address these kinds. Gives us a greater perspective and scope focusing in on this inspired account and what is taking place and how Christ, not deterred, not allowing himself to be tempted into compliance with them or to diminish his purpose with the ministry, the fulfillment of the gospel, which certainly could have been a temptation for any man. You're a Jew in the first century Jerusalem going against the Pharisaical leadership? Going against the Jewish tradition, the elders? I mean, it would have been very tempting to say, no, 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 yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. No, 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 we'll, 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 we'll submit ourselves into compliance with them and be quiet. I, I don't know who healed my son. It has nothing to do with us. Uh, 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 we don't want to be uh, uh, thrown out of the temple. We don't want to be thrown out of the synagogue. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't put us with that Jesus fellow. We don't want, no, 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 no. We're going to keep quiet and keep coming to the same place here with you all. And we'll, we'll just be submissive to what you say because we, we fear the Pharisees. We don't want them to kick us out of the church. Here is Jesus. Purposely, in controversy, creating something on a day he knew the Pharisees would have offense. But it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. A righteous purpose. To pierce the hearts of men into thinking for themselves and having independent faith. Stop following the Pharisees. They themselves don't even bind their own walk of life to their traditions, yet they expect it of you. They walk and claim to be scholarly. They know the law, they are educated, yet they utilize it for their own selfish motives. And because of that, they can't see the beauty, the healing, the hope that is in Christ who has the power to forgive their sins, who has power to raise the dead, heal the sick, make whole the lame, and all these other powerful things. So here in verse 19, Christ will go from dialogue to monologue, teaching his equality with his Father. For the Pharisees thought him in opposition to the Father. Because he clearly broke the Sabbath, right? So he's not with the Father. He's not, he's against the Father. Because if he wasn't against the Father, he wouldn't have told that man to pick up that pallet and walk on this day, this Sabbath, this day in which we are feasting. Well, no. Again, these kinds make their own academic pursuits into tradition and tradition into law. And there's nothing sinful or inherently sinful with academic pursuits. But to be so prideful as to take academic pursuits and bind it as law, to which these had over 600, no, that's a problem. 
and they were more so uh, uh, following their tradition than they were following the word of God. And that is sinful. That is lawlessness. So no, again, these kinds make their own academic pursuits into tradition and tradition into law. So Christ will proceed to inform and instruct the audience with the truth, which is reality. So in verse 19, it says, Therefore Jesus answered and was uh, saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, that of course is an authoritative way of speaking that they would understand, they would recognize, identify. Oh, someone who is a teacher is going to teach us, instruct us with information. And he says, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. Why? For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. The son and the father are one. My father is working until now, and I myself am working, verse 17, he would say to them. There is not a contradiction in the word of God. There is no contradiction between the son and father. Both are one, and both are about the same ministry. Both are equal in work and power, presence and purpose. The Jews and their leaders, the Pharisees, thought Christ must certainly be against the Father, our Father, the Father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Moses. How dare he be in opposition to the Father? Christ is teaching them, I am not in opposition to the Father, the Father and I are one. And these traditions, these laws, these things you say I break, they don't belong to the Father. The Father never spoke them. You created them so that you could have control over the people and oppress them. So in verse 20, he says, The Father loves the Son. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He might or he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. The Son and the Father are equal in deity. That is what he stated so plainly in verse 19. He is God. He and the Father are one. He is God. He is not in opposition. He is equal. <laughs> And think of how he went from dialogue with these religious leaders to monologue and speaking and teaching. They want to murder him for it. And what does he do? He does not compromise his faith and purpose on this earth. He teaches the truth. And it would have been very tempting to say, uh, yeah, you're right, you know, I'm not going to mess around with you guys. I, 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 I sinned. He didn't sin. It would have been very easy to just get along with them, with their accusations. You broke the law. You're a blasphemer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's just learn to get along and, 
It's probably just a small misunderstanding. And so, yeah, sure, I'm guilty of the things you've accused me of. So can we put that past us now? You know what? It still wouldn't have been. You know what? If Jesus would have said, okay, fine, I'm guilty of the things you've accused me of, you know, that still would not have been enough for the Pharisee. It would not have been enough. The Pharisee would have had something else to oppress him with, something else to slander him with. It will never be enough for a Pharisee. So the Son and the Father are equal in deity and they are equal in love and work. Jesus is going to courageously, as a strong-minded man, God on earth, teach the truth. He's not going to bow down and receive accusation and claim guilt on something that is uh, 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 untrue. No, no. He's going to teach the truth. The Son and the Father are equal in deity and are equal in love and work and all these beautiful things that the scriptures reveal. And the people will be saying many powerful teachings and miracles in the following days. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. No, I'm not going to stop. No, no, no. He's going to fulfill Verse 21 says, and I quote, John chapter 5, verse 21, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. Wow. Wow. They are equal in deity, Love, work, and now power to save. To take what was dead in sins and make him or her alive again. Paul would speak of such power for all who sought to be born again out of water and the Spirit. Romans 6 verses 3 and 4. You see, that is where most will miss the mark on that day. Most will miss the mark on that day. They don't have the faith to see their salvation into Christ through the necessary immersion which adds one by the power of God to his church and no other. The Father saves and he does so through his, through his Son for both are one. For this power is the Holy Spirit, one with the Son and Father, God, equal in all, three persons in one deity. If they would have just paid attention to the substance of things he was declaring and speaking and instructing and teaching and revealing, they would have known that they've read about this man to come within the pages of the scriptures they were born and raised to recite, meditate on, teach and preach. You claim to have Moses as your hero? Mira, Moses speaks of me. You claim to follow the Father, to love the Father? Yet you reject his son. His son is equal. His Son is God. 
equal in deity, love, work, and power. The power to save. Back to the theme of the new birth. If they would have paid attention, they would have been qualified for the new birth to be born out of water and the Spirit and added to His kingdom. Amazing. Amazing the wisdom of the Scripture. Amazing to see the interaction by those who were non-Jews, who embraced Him as the Restorer, who sought to have Him with them for days, listening to His words, believing in Him, following Him, while the Jews, in majority, their leaders, who should have embraced Him, they rejected Him. And we can see the heart of these Pharisees, can't we? And we can see how they are so blind by their own rebellion, their own pride. They miss the love of Christ. Verse 22 and 23, the instruction says, For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Oof. Controversial. Very offensive. He's telling them, these Pharisees, that they don't honor the Father. Have you ever tried telling these Pharisaical types that they are not honoring the Father? That they have no love? And that they are manipulating the texts of the Bible for their own academic appeasements to control? I mean, it, they'll crucify you. They'll crucify you. Equal in deity, love, work, power, and judgment, Christ reveals. And judgment. If you're not going to believe and do what Jesus tells you to do, then your belief in the Father is vain. Just like the Jews of his day. Hence Mark chapter 16, verse 16b. The unbeliever will never be immersed and therefore remain condemned. They claimed allegiance to the Father, yet rejected the words of His Son. And so the words of His Son are going to judge all who reject His church, His plan of salvation, His pattern of worship, and discipline of the bride. The Jews thought themselves saved, you could not have convinced them otherwise. They were sons of the kingdom. Abrahamic lineage. They were the believers, the pure. You couldn't have convinced them otherwise. They saw the Christ before their eyes, walking among them, raising the dead, and they still wouldn't believe. With these kinds, it don't matter what you do and how you do it. It will never be enough. Christ could have said, yes, fine, I'm guilty of all the accusations. I'm a blasphemer, I'm a deceiver, I'm a thief, I'm a liar, I'm all these things. 
that you accuse me of. Uh, and I agree with the, uh, uh, the false witnesses and the slander and everything. Yep, it's fine. Can we get along now and just be, you know, friends again? No, no, no. With these kinds, you can't. But what's important with the account is who Jesus truly is for those who are seeking, for those who want to understand the message that he is bringing. It's amazing to me. God said the day you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. The devil came along and made them question the word of God by saying they would surely not die. These here were contaminated by their own desires and they were missing the mark. They weren't seeing the power and love of the Christ before them. They claimed to love the Father, but yet how can you do that and hate the Son? If two are one, how could you say you love me but hate my wife? Hmm? The Jews thought themselves saved. You couldn't have convinced them otherwise. So don't be too discouraged when you try to reach someone with the truth and they reject it. For they rejected Christ centuries before they ever rejected our efforts today. But yet did Christ choose to give up and say, well, my ministry's done. I'm not going to teach these things. They're going to neglect and reject it anyways. No, he's going to speak it. It needs to be spoken. It needs to be spoken. God said, again, that the day you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. And the devil came along and said, no, you won't. You really believe those words that God said? Nah. You don't need to believe those words. Matter of fact, you're powerful enough to make your own words. God just don't want you to think like he thinks. Nah, he's jealous of you. Don't go following him and his words. You can become your own God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pharisees, you can become your own gods. Have that God complex, you know, behind the pulpit. Control the people. Control their minds. Become the gatekeepers. It was the same for the Jews, and it remains the same for us this day. God tells us of the uniqueness of his church, the immersion that adds us to her, and that there is no other location in which the saved are gathered. And the devil says, no, that's not true. No, no, no. There are many churches. There are many ways to heaven. Oh, yeah, you can worship God in the way you feel like. You'll appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can follow the Pharisees. Why think for ourselves when we have someone thinking for us? Yeah, we can follow the Pharisees. This is why we have verse 24, friends. And it says, and I quote, 
Truly, truly. Again, you see how he says such in verse 19 and now again in verse 24. And in between that, you have the four fours, F-O-R. In the equality that Christ has with his Father, they are one. And so he says, truly, truly, pay attention, pay very close attention to the words I am teaching. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me. Hearing is not just the audible sound that comes out of the mouth. Hearing is the reception of the word within the heart. He who does that and believes what he hears. Oh, what a beautiful, hopeful thing we see here. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, who is the him, Interesting, isn't it? They don't honor the Father. Why? They don't follow the Son. Wow. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. Wow. Isn't that something? Because Jesus is equal in deity, love, work, power, and judgment. You and I today can be born again out of water and the Spirit, just as Christ mandated the conditions of entry in John chapter 3, verse 3, and verse 5. This most merciful opportunity to receive the pardon of our sins and be added to his kingdom was available to both Jews and Gentiles. Sadly, the Jews rejected this offer, but the Gentiles took that love and embraced it. To verse 24, interesting again, whoever hears and believes shall be saved, right? Whoever does not hear shall be damned. Well, how so? Well, because how can you believe if you've never heard? You, well, you can't. So therefore, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. And whoever does not believe shall be damned. Well, how so? Because how can you be baptized for your salvation if you don't believe? Well, you can't. We must trust Christ for our salvation and no other. There is no other name, Acts 4.12. We must recognize that he has all authority. Again, to the new birth out of water and the Spirit. Don't follow the Pharisees. They were teaching that Jesus was in opposition to the Father, when the truth was the Son was equal with the Father. Don't follow. Don't follow these kinds. Follow Christ. How? Be born again. Be born again. And remain faithful to the Christ. Again, to the theme of the gospel written. Though it indeed was penned down with action that refutes all sorts of erroneous 
teachings taking place in the first century. I believe the gospel was written so that we would come to faith and once in faith remain there. And that is truly a powerful thing. We'll finish with verse 20, or sorry, chapter 20 in the same gospel here. Verse 39, oh, sorry, verse 30 and 31 of chapter 20. Let's keep the theme and receive the word and know that Christ is equal with the Father. And let's obey his gospel. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. That's the purpose. There's the purpose. There's our hope. There is our hope. Okay, that will conclude our sermon session for this worship hour, and we shall now proceed to singing a song. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming, to cheer the wanderer, lone and tempest-tossed. No storms can hide that radiance peaceful beaming, since Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible when my heart is broken. When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear, Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken, Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior near. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining, Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible, all my steps enlighten, Teach me the danger of these realms below, That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten.